0: Episode of the Critics Corner podcast. I am your host, William Locke, and joining me as he does every week is Luis Barranco, who's rocking the Kansas City Royals shirt today. Luis, how's, how's it going?
1: Got to show love to those small market teams, man. Got to. I feel I, I saw some news the other day and I had to show my small market brethren some love. I think this is a good segue. I mean, hello, how are you doing today? Happy uh, Tuesday.
0: Indeed. Happy uh, it's, a, it's a great, balmy, cold day in Chicago.
1: It actually was 50, 60 degrees up here today, you know.
0: as well put the park on. Another but, weather chat with the Critics Corner. We're back with it.
1: Bro, bro, I'll tell you right now. People down here, it was like 48, and I was in short sleeves, and people were like, putting on parkas and putting on like winter coats out here. Yeah, going but walking outside.
0: see, ah, uh, you know, 48 is not short sleeve weather. You don't want to be that guy that – like I don't know about you, but in college at Butler, there was always that one guy. And I love how we're starting the podcast with weather again. But there was always that one guy that you'd see walking to class, even if it was twenty-five degrees, twenty degrees. That was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. It was always cargo shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm like, who? What? What kind of point are, are you trying to prove to people here? Like, you're not cool. You're not. No one thinks you're like a badass for wearing shorts and a t-shirt when it's absolutely freezing outside. Like, if I were you, at least put on a long sleeve shirt. I understand, like, you're more used to the cold, but i wouldn't be wearing short sleeves in 45 degrees
1: hey that was me i was that dude on saturday night out there in the in the elements it was a cool 48 with a 20 mile an hour wind it was a red flag you see let's talk about red flags but i saw a red flag on my weather app and i was like what's the red flag supposedly a red flag on the weather app means that the tides are high or some shit so, oh,
0: yeah, 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 you know, at the oh my God, I can't believe we're still talking about this, but at the beach they have different flags that they put out, and that determines like you know, the safety of you going out into the current and whatnot and like swimming in in the ocean, yeah, that's pretty common,
1: yeah, so I I didn't know about that, but anyways, I I mean i'm I'm showing some love today. I mean, I want to start the podcast out with some, you know, this isn't on our list, but I know we've spoken this off air um Bill Castellini, man. Fucking crook, man. I hope I hope he sells a team. I hope he freaking sells a team. He is a there's so many things I want to say, but I won't say them because it could get too uh, aggressive on my part. But um he pretty much says we run this team like a non profit. For those and that then, don't
0: know, he's he's the owner of the Reds.
1: He's he's what the he's the scum owner of the Reds. Yeah. He he is worse than he's the worst owner in sports like literally and you can go back to the pod back a couple uh year ago when we started the pod he literally said like the, he got on local news camera and was asked hey what do you think about the product and he's like i don't care like y'all still going to show up i don't i don't care right. like cincinnati is such a great city in the summer for baseball and it's a good stadium. You've been to it. You can you can speak on it. The air is a good good time. That you know, there's nothing better. You know, late late July, early August, even like early September, just going down the Great American, watching the game and hanging out around the area. They do they do the marketing department and the promotions. They do a great job and they hold a good fan experience. And it's so sad that you know the Reds, just storied franchise. They uh they do things like this. This they have this ownership like this, and it's and it's sad. We can talk about this on another podcast about how crap the Marlins' ownership is too, and how the Royals are still dead.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of been a theme throughout this offseason. The small market teams again were pretty much non-existent this offseason, and it's been a theme throughout the course of the league for the past, really for you know, the past few years, but throughout the majority of the history of the game, it's th- these major markets that dominate the sport. And, you know, we've seen with the new CBA, these these owners and, you know, the revenue back at full blast, like these owners of the small market teams really have no excuse to, to, to not spend, you know, in the previous, in previous iterations of free agency, they've kind of come out and made the argument that, you know, we can't compete with these major market teams like the Yankees, the Mets now, Uh, the Dodgers, etc., even the Red Sox, but now that with the new CBA, they they really had no excuse this offseason, and that continued to be a theme. Uh, Really, no small market spending, and it sucks for the fans of these teams because you know in these smaller cities like Cincinnati, for example, Cincinnati has the Bengals and the Reds, and I guess Cincinnati FC, uh, FC Cincinnati, whatever. But the Reds are a major pillar in in the in the community, or like you look at like in Oakland, where Oakland the A's are the only team left professional sports team left in Oakland. Like the, these are the, in the small market teams, these are the only team that the fans have. Like the Grizzlies are the only team in Memphis, uh, you know, top tier professional team. We have the Triple A Redbirds, but it's not the same. Like, and if you, you have these communities that all they care about is this one team, but the team doesn't spend and try to make the team better. I can see how that is incredibly frustrating for fans of those teams. Uh, and it just sucks to see, you know, ownership, coming out. And, you know, we saw it with Baltimore too. I don't know if you saw that story uh, earlier this week. I think that was yesterday. Owner has some really weird comments and backfired at a reporter for basically just asking a question on if the team is going to stay in Baltimore. He took really took a lot of offense to that question. Um, and, you know, we, what we had, what happened with uh, Cincinnati last Friday. If you don't know, you guys can read the story on the athletic. Uh, it's it's an interesting article. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating uh, and I wish we got to see more teams especially in the smaller markets obviously like have owners that care and try but it seems like that's continues that continues to be a problem in baseball despite revenue sharing
1: and 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 the thing is it's like I don't want to like go too long on this but like quickly Cincinnati's an original team they're one of the teams that like they they have a history and they like Opening day out there is a big deal. Like the whole city essentially like shuts down. It's like, oh, we're gonna go see the Reds games. Like I had professors that told me, hey, we're not having much in class today because it's Reds opening day. We want you guys to get out and go downtown to the ballpark and see the festivities. And it stinks, you know, because like at the same time, manage management gets a lot of shtick for. what the moves that they do but like it's becoming more evident every day with castellani's comments that he's meddling with management so management has their hands tied around behind their back so management could be trying to build a contender but it's impossible when you have owners that are unwilling to spend and unwilling to put a good product on the on the on the field
0: Exactly. And it is a complete shame because you know the Reds are, like you said, a very historical franchise. They have five World Series. They won back to back in 75 and 76. I mean, they they had some of the best players to ever step foot on a baseball field play for the Cincinnati Reds. And Pete Rose, all-time hits leader, and also Johnny Bench, arguably the best catcher of all time. You had Joe Morgan on those teams. The big red machine were legit. Then they won another one in the nineties. Like the Reds were they're a storied franchise, and it's pathetic that the ownership just doesn't care, or at least it seems that they don't care. That
1: they also had Ken
0: Griffey, and it's just you know, it's just all around sad vibes. You even know, just, even a Joey Votto, he he's arguably a Hall of Famer. He's been a pillar of that franchise for the past twenty seasons, and they honestly they haven't done right by him. How many playoff games has he played total?
1: Bro, you know. he only played he he played that one while well, COVID year, and then they had the series versus the um, I think I want to say thirteen or fifteen where they played the Giants, and the Giants ended up winning it, and then right. the Giants went on. Because they had a uh, Todd Frazier. They had a Worldus Chapman. They had some good players. Like, Red's management is actually really good. Like, a lot of the guys in the majors usually have come through the red system. People get, like, D.D. D- Gregorius was in the red system. Jeter Downs was in the red system. It was, Yeah, it, it, was, is-
0: it was the 2012 DS. They lost to the Giants because the Giants won in uh, 2012 and 2014. Also 2010. Yeah, either 2010, too. They won those three. Anyway, either way. We didn't expect to be, begin the podcast that way, but it is definitely a relevant conversation, especially for all you small market fans out there. Um, we have one that uh definitely listens to the podcast on a consistent basis, but he's actually kind of happy with what, what his team did this offseason. Uh nonetheless, we are here today to really break down and compartmentalize and recap the offseason that was because it really starts to feel it's starting to feel like you know the major signings and and maybe you know trades have already happened and we're starting to really gear up for spring training here in a month or so. So we're going to give each of us are going to give four winners and four losers of the uh, of the off season. And uh, after that, we will you know dive into some other recent news and rumors that have happened throughout the course uh, or uh, excuse me or around the league. But around the diamond, around the diamond, as they say. Uh, nonetheless. Yep. Uh, you want to get a started, Luis, with your, your first winner? We can go one winner, and then we'll go into a loser, and then back and forth.
1: Okay, so I'll start this one out. I want to say the Phillies, huge winner for me in my book. Um, they get arguably a top-ten player in the league right now in Trey Turner, and um, they replace their shortstop last year was Bryson Stott. Before that, it was Gene Segura, and, I mean, Bryson can just move over, and, you know, Trey – Trey's an MVP candidate, and he, that's what they needed. They needed a, a leadoff bat, put some speed on the on the bases because that lineup was very power-heavy with Castellanos, Schwarber, take some pressure off those guys at the top of the lineup. I, I enjoy that move. They uh, they lost Noah Syndergaard, but they replaced him with T1 Walker, who I'm a big fan of, pitched great in the, uh, for the Mets, knows the division, knows the NL. So, I mean, that's a really good move. Uh, along with T1 Walker, which they, it was a like-for-like replacement for Noah Syndergaard. They also went out and got bullpen pieces. They got Gregory Soto, as we spoke last week about. Right. They also signed um, Craig Kimball, which I think is another – not to say that Craig kimball's wash washed, but I think it's it's a good piece to have, a guy with experience in the back of the pen. So I, I, I enjoy the move, so – arguably you know good moves they could use one more starter since they lost Kyle Gibson but in all you know they also picked up Matt Strom I forgot to say who's also a really good reliever yeah left lefty reliever yeah Yeah, I think they
0: addressed all their weaknesses you know the main one being the bullpen that was kind of patched together throughout the throughout the playoffs last year and then also shortstop you know that was their biggest weakness on offense and they go out and get probably you know arguably the best shortstop in the league like you said mvp candidate the the phillies you know dave dombrowski we got to give him his due and this was a guy that we were criticizing throughout the course of last season and then they go on this run and decide to spend some money this off season and boom we're praising the guy it's funny how how it can turn so quickly like I always draw the analogy to Mike or how everyone in the league or around the league thought Coach Bud was going to get canned. Then they go around and go out and win a championship, and all of a sudden he's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, or it's just funny how the narrative can change so quickly. But I think the Phillies are undoubtedly a winner, and that Trey Turner contract, while long and expensive, uh, that's the kind of money you need to spend if you're going to, you know, go out and try to win a title. And they were really close last year. I don't know if I would pick them to go out and win the NL and make a run at it, run at it again. I think that Harper injury is going to hurt them uh, for the first half of next year, but I expect them to certainly be in the running for um, a division crown and you know push for a, a chance at another uh, World Series appearance for sure.
1: They still need one more arm and a couple death pieces, but they're right there. They're very close. So yeah, you know that's that's the only thing that I want to knock them off. They 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 need one more arm. That they can put in back end arm, maybe maybe that comes from the system. Who knows? But you know,
0: and it very well could. Don't they have two top pitching prospects right now?
1: Yeah, but they're far away. They're like, they're not close. Like one of them's not going to be here till like I think twenty five or twenty six. And Mick Abel and uh, I think the other dude's Andrew Painter.
0: Andrew Painter. They're they're saying he's going to be ready this year. He's only nineteen years old though. That's that's crazy. And then yeah, Mick Abel. That's what it says on MLB.com. They're saying is ETA is twenty-three, which I. I that's... Oh, but he, he,
1: he's not. Yeah, he's not going to be pitching in, in in the in the postseason. No, because he'll probably. probably I mean, in, in, innings limit him. You know.
0: He's only nineteen years old. He's six foot seven, two fifteen. He was picked in 21, 1st round pick, thirteenth overall.
1: Jesus Christ! He's a righty, right? He's a righty, right? Yeah, he's it, a righty.
0: Him, him and yeah. bell are both righties. I thought they had a lefty. They have Griff McGarry, who's another righty. They don't have a lefty, it looks like.
1: But so I, I just I just feel they need one more armor, a couple of death pieces. I like top end talent, they have probably the best, probably blow for blow for best top end talent next to San Diego.
0: I think you have to throw Atlanta in there as well. Acuna Wilson. I mean
1: depends on, depends on how Acuna comes back this year. True. But I I I, say, I and they say, I don't I'm I do not trust their shortstop, but we'll talk about them later. It's gonna be a really
0: fun division to watch.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Like I said, like I said last awesome.
0: pod, up, top in talent.
1: What'd you say? Like, like I said last podcast, that 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 whole division, everybody got better, like competitively better. In parentheses, like in Washington. Wa- Washington can't get any worse than what they were last year.
0: Washington's another one of those small market teams that's not trying. But it's funny that they won a World Series what four years ago now. Everyone's forgotten about that.
1: Yeah, everybody forgets about that World Series, you know.
0: And that was that was. I think we talked about it on that one podcast. That was a great World Series. The road team yeah, won seven games, and the road team won every single game. And and Juan Soto was, was what play. like twenty years old doing what he was doing. Crazy.
1: Like Nineteen twenty, bro. It was like, bro, that, that that was crazy. I I was watching that, and I was just praying to God that uh, what's his name didn't win. That Houston didn't win. Of course, everyone yeah. was. My first. Uh, who's one, you- Sorry, was Philadelphia on your list? Because we got four. Was he there? Your first Philly winner. It was
0: not on my list because I knew you were going to do it. I tried to get a little creative with mine and and not okay. uh, have some overlap. We didn't. For the listeners, we did not exchange these before the podcast. My first winner is the players, the players in general. So we had a four point three billion dollars spent across free agency and arbitration deals this offseason. season. That is a record. Biggest free agency outlay of all time. If you're looking at um, spend per position, actually uh, the most players signed starting pitchers and relievers makes sense. Obviously you had the huge deals um, in judge Correa, Turner Bogarts. Uh, and then also like Rafael Devers got an extension. If you break it out by team, the Yankees actually spent the most money this offseason, $608 million dollars. Mets in second 514 mil, uh, Phillies in third 418 and Padres in fourth 404 million. Just a crazy offseason. You know, a lot of people were predicting heavy spending heading into the heading into the offseason executives and, you know, media members. A lot of that is due to that new CBA um, and, you know, the revenue being back at full blast uh, post-COVID. Executives were predicting a lot of spending. I don't think they were predicting this much spending. So, you know, my biggest winner or my first winner is definitely the players. Players got their bag this offseason and, you know, good for them.
1: Yeah, good for them. Um, like I said, it's so, so weird. I want to point out so weird that they're going to uh, weird, but like year after the lockout, you know, the lockout spending wasn't that much compared to this year. Not everybody's getting paid. So hats off to all the guys that signed those one plus ones. You know, and and came out and got and got their money this year.
0: Uh interesting note. Outside of starting pitchers, which were uh, earned the most spend at one point two billion dollars. What position group got paid the 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 second highest?
1: What well, position group? Probably. I want to say shortstop.
0: Yeah, probably
1: yeah. because because they did, because, because there's more top end talent in there. So
0: yeah, a billion dollars outlaid to shortstops this offseason. Third was relief pitchers and then fourth right fielders. Most of that money of that 456 million was was to Aaron Judge, but still uh yeah. the least amount of money, DH's and second baseman. Actually, second baseman only got 52 million dollars this offseason. So
1: DH is getting held up by freaking Nelson Cruz, man.
0: <laughs> Nelson Cruz only got a one million dollar deal, and and JD Martinez got like I want to say eight million dollars with, with the Dodgers. Something like that,
1: Something like that yeah. Carlos yeah. Santana
0: got a small
1: deal with the Pirates. So, hey, by the way, Pirates are building a fun team. They 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 got a little fun team. We'll talk about them later.
0: They are. We, yeah, I saw uh, that note, and they yeah. yeah, there was a few tweets going around of their potential starting lineup for like MLB nerds. Definitely an interesting lineup to watch, but for the casual fan, not not so much.
1: You want second winner or second or my first loser? Give sure. me your first loser. All right, my first loser, the New York Yankees. I think what? it's uh um my this is what my reason why. Good job. Like, you're supposed to sign Aaron Drudge back. That's kind of like that's something that has to happen. But you're fucking New York. I get like you're supposed to be building a lineup cashman, you gotta do something. Job that you got Rodon, but you could have done that four or five months ago. You could have done it at the deadline. You still don't have a shortstop, you still don't have a third baseman, and you don't have a left fielder. And you still have you're basically running out the same lineup minus Andrew Benintendi on opening day. Like we talk about the whole Aaron Judge deal. Like, if I'm in a position as the New York Yankees, if I'm in the front office. I'm going balls to the wall to win because you don't understand when Judge can just take a cliff. He is over thirty, and like you're signed, you gave him this contract, and he signed up because he wants to win titles. And as a Yankees fan, you you demand titles. You you should always be going, and all you did was just get more pitching. And understandably, Carlos Rodon was the best pitcher. You could have done that months ago, but at the same time, pitching and bullpen was something one of your strengths. So why so why are you going? Why don't you just upgrade the lineup? And like don't don't come out and tell me, oh, there's no there's nobody to get. I mean, there was really good names that you could have gotten. You could have gotten a guy like Gene Segura on a one year deal to re- retool his career to play shortstop there. come on. If we sign Gene Segura,
0: that's not a needle mover.
1: It's not a needle mover, but he's better than IKF.
0: IKF will not be the opening day shortstop for the New York Yankees. I can guarantee you that.
1: But 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 what I'm saying is is like you could have done so many moves to like they didn't. I'm not saying they had to be like oh you have to go sign a Kareem uh, Swanson Turner. or career No, you could have signed. You could have bargain bin. Now I don't want to say bargain bin, but you could have gotten good value deals. Like it's not that difficult, and you're running out the same lineup. Like let let's look at the available free agent the third baseman. Mustakas is still available. You should probably get him. I know he's been dog shit for the Reds, but hey, if there's one – I know he sucks, but you guys should get him. It's Mike Moustakis. Um Matt Carpenter walked to San Diego. Um, That's fine. Justin Turner. Dude, come on. Little... Come on. Justin Turner? Bro, come on, bro. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's difficult when you guys, like, don't go and make these moves. Like – there's definitely guys you could have gotten and made a difference out there. Okay, like here's my counter, and, like, and the trade market's available too. That's what I'm saying.
0: And, and the- two things: the offseason's not over. Cashman is definitely going to make some type of trade before the season starts. We saw it last year with that weird Josh Donaldson, Gio Urshela, Gary Sanchez trade, like on the on the eve of opening day. The, the, there is a trade that is going to happen with the Yankees team. We're not running out the exact same lineup that we did last year. Second of all, we have Anthony Volpe and Oswald, Oswald Peraza. IKF is not starting. I, IKF is not starting at shortstop next year. <laughs> it's going to be Peraza to start out the year, and then we're going to see Volpe at some point in, throughout the course of next season because he is MLB ready. He will be on the team next year. I can guarantee you we'll there's it. an exorbitant amount of pressure on these two guys to perform considering we've refused to trade them. But Jason Dominguez, not going to see him this year, probably. We might see him at the end of this year. But next year, he'll be there. Like We actually have a very good farm system. And we've gone out and spent a lot of money on the key big-name guys. You had to get Aaron Judge back. We did. That's a huge win. That's probably the best move of this entire offseason because Aaron Judge was the best player in the entire game last year. He could have gone to San Francisco. He could have gone to Boston if they had – and or, or actually not Boston. He could have gone to New York, the other New York team, the Mets. However, the reason that he didn't, the reason that Steve Cohen didn't pursue him, is because Hal Steinbrenner petitioned for Steve Cohen to get that Mets ownership role to to to, to buy the Mets. Huge win for the Yankees. Him not going to the Mets. If can you imagine if Aaron Judge went to the Mets, that would be the death of the Yankees as a franchise. We kept Aaron Judge. That's the biggest yeah. the season. We bring in a huge lefty arm. An arguable Cy Young candidate, an absolute workhorse. He's gonna eat innings. All of a sudden, our rotation is incredibly deep. I agree. The lineup is a huge weakness. We lose Benatendi. That's fine. He stunk for us. He was hurt. We have a very good farm system. A trade is going to happen. I guarantee you a trade is going to happen. It's January 17th. We have plenty of time. We have two and a half months before the season starts. We're fine. No. We're still the favorites in the AL East. We're still the favorites, second favorites in the AL. We have to make a move if we want to beat Houston. I completely agree. But right now, the rotation stacked, the bullpen stacked, we re-signed our main guy, and we have to go out and make one or two small moves around the edges to solidify this team as a contender, as a World Series champion contender, nonetheless. This team is good. Offseason is not done yet.
1: Are you getting paid by uh, by Steinbrenner's? Or are you? No, I'm indes- not. I'm are just getting- trying to look at this
0: as a, like as a like. I agree. I'm very angry, like at, at the fact that we haven't really addressed our weaknesses on offense. And I can't stand Josh Donaldson as a player. I don't want to see that guy play another game in pinstripes. But I still think we are.
1: We're not done. That's my main thing is we're not done. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, fair. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you guys are making Raza, Dominguez, and Volpe the new Clint Frazier and the Miguel Andujar.
0: I mean, I yeah, fair, but you know, Volpe dude hit 21 bombs in triple A last year. So 50 stolen bases, too, by the way. 50 stolen bases in triple A.
1: We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um best loser paint. for you.
0: Yeah, my first loser, uh, San Francisco Giants. I think you would agree with that.
1: Actually, they're on my list as well. Okay. So this is a good thing. We're, we're, we're in agreement. We're, we're in
0: agreement on the Giants. Uh, they missed out on all their top guys. Obviously, you know, they missed out on Arson Judge, who it was reported that they signed by John Heyman, you know, signed Correa. Lost him to you know a disagreement in the physical. Lost out on other guys like you know Swanson, Senga, Nimo, and they were left with you know weird short deals with McMichael, Conforto, Mitch Haniger, Ross Stripling, Sean Manaya. They signed Taylor Rogers, who was coming off a down year, the reliever to a thirty-three million dollar guaranteed deal. And my biggest question with them, and with you know this is a, a reoccurring theme on this podcast is. What is the vision here? Like, who are you building around in San Francisco? Who's their star guy? You know, they lost Buster Posey to retirement a couple of years ago, and it just ever since then it feels like the franchise is rudderless. There's no vision. There's no cornerstone, and they're just signing these random, you know, veterans to short deals with too much guaranteed money, in my opinion, without a guy. And that was the thing, in you know, a decade ago now with those. With those championship teams, is they were building around their catcher Buster Posey, with guys like Brandon Belt or you know Madison Bumgarner was huge on those teams. Sure, the Giants now have like a solid rotation. Logan Webb's one of the best young pitchers in the game, but like you know, a pitcher only p- pitches every, once every five days. I they their everyday guys are just man, like they're not. This team is not good. They won a hundred something games in twenty one. That feels that like me more and more and more of an anomaly as the years pass. This team is just not good, and they missed out on all the top guys. It's 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 it's, it's a weird, the weird time to be a Giants fan. I
1: just I just don't understand. Like I, I agree with everything. It's just like when they won 101, I looked at the guys they were doing it with, and I'm like, this is such a flash year that they did it with, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like, what are you doing? Because like positionally. At the backstop, you got Bart and Gary Sanchez. Two dudes trying to make it. And that's really hard to sad to say because Bart was a top prospect and Sanchez was also, you know, a top prospect. Then their outfield is so big, and they're going to be running Conforto, Jock, and Haniger, Like three linebackers out and, there. And and Oh, and Yastrzemski, yeah, so four. So it's kind of like – and then the infield, they lost Belt and Longoria. So who so, else?
0: Yeah. Lamont Wade at first, thyro Estrada at second, Brendan Crawford still playing at short, and Wilmer Flores at third base.
1: Still, I mean – That's, that's not good. That's two, not good. There's either two things that happened with this team, and I'll be honest. They either – one, this season was a build season, build off season to build for next season. Next off for Shohei, and you right. and you and, and you expect to go win ninety or so games because you could win ninety in that division this year or, or in twenty four. This year, you can win ninety in that division with that team. It's it's pushed, but you could win ninety because they have quality. It's like it's not bad talent, but it's not great. It's either that or they're either doing this to build a farm to like trade father mid year trade,
0: right. They don't have a very good farm system. Marco Luciano being their top guy. Kyle Harrison as well.
1: Kyle Harrison actually is the lefty.
0: he's, yep. he's decent. Those Sorry. are those are two, you know, top 20, 21 guys. Outside of that, it's it's weak.
1: It's weak. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I agree with you. They they're, they're a massive loser. I tend to lean more that this is more of a build to your first show next year. You know? I agree.
0: I, I don't think you can rule out any of the big money you know, West Coast teams in the Shohei Sweepstakes next offseason. We saw that report that came out today that apparently Shohei might be the first five hundred million dollar man in in the league. The, the Padres have interest. The Giants are clearly, or the Dodgers are clearly revving up for twenty four to make a run at him as well. So don't,
1: don't sleep on um, don't sleep on the Mets either. Even though he wants to stay West Coast, the guy that brought Shohei to the states was uh, he's now working for the Mets. He left the Angels front office and now he's on the Mets front office. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. And Steve Cohen has endless pockets. So, I I... And,
1: and Max Scherzer has a player option next year. So, say Max Scherzer walks, there's a nice $44 million opening up off the bank account.
0: Scherzer is picking up that option though.
1: Well, I think he can get more if he has a good year at 40. Look at the Verlander money. That's 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 fair. He totally could.
0: You want to give uh, – so we're in lockstep agreement on that one.
1: You want to give your next winner then? Yeah, next winner, you're not going to like this one, but the Toronto Blue Jays.
0: Wow, I actually had them and then took them off. But I actually uh, – I had them as
1: a winner as well before. I, I kind of enjoy what they did. Um, teams a lot of flash, and they actually went and got some substance. They got Dalton Barso. They because they had a long jam at catcher with Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, by the way, one of my favorite players in the league, uh, Gabriel Moreno, and they ended up getting rid of uh, Moreno, who's one of their top guys, and they got Dalton Varsha, who has four years of team control, I believe, and, and he plays outfield. So essentially Varsha for Willis Gurriel, really good defender. They also got rid of Teoscar, but they got Kevin Kiermaier, who's also a really good defender. Runs the bases well. They're getting good baseball players. They're getting and they're getting guys that that do the little things, and that's and that's what the team needed. They didn't have guys that did that because you got George Springer, you got Vladdy, you got Bobaschette, Kevin Biggio, Matt Chapman. You got a lot of like names and players, but you don't have guys that like do the little things like Kevin Kiermaier you can t- talk all about the stuff he did in Tampa. Because the dude, an elite defender, and he can run. Dalton Varsho, we both agreed, is one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. And it's just a travesty that he was playing in, in Arizona. He can play the backstop, and he can play the outfield. Extremely
0: versatile. And extremely I think, versatile. You hit the nail on the head, though. They got They were one of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball last year, and they went out and got – good quality defenders, which is exactly what they needed. They didn't make the big flashy move that generated a lot of attention on ESPN and Bleacher Report, et cetera, but they made those moves around the edges that really – that I wanted the Yankees to make, you know, that made the team – they addressed their weaknesses oh. and made the team a lot better. These are the kind of moves that can propel you from, you know, the, the hot commodity, the hot team on the betting market, the sleeper team on the betting market to – The team that can actually that made the moves to address their weaknesses, that can actually go out and contend for a division title against the Yankees, go out and contend for a pennant, and they also went out and got that reliever from Seattle. I really like that move. That made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So and how can
1: I and I forget I forgot they they spent big too. They got Chris Bassett right from the Mets. Yeah. So like now we're talking about a team we wondered. Okay, what's what like? What what are you doing? You can be like we talked about this. They could be in like baseball purgatory because they're in a tough division and they didn't have much ways to you know maneuver because they they got these contracts coming up. They get Brandon Belt, a first baseman, true professional, locker room guy. They get Chris Bassett, who now it's Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios, Kevin Gossman. They got Kikuchi. And Alec Manoa. And they got Union Ryu. Yep. Yep. So we're talking about a team now, and they got Mitch White. We're talking about a team that's now deep in the rotation and picked up good quality ball players. They could be missing one or two, one more outfielder or one more bat, but hey, you have the ingredients. It's not like Oh, I'm trying to make a cookie without flour. They have the flour. They got the chocolate chips. It's now now all about getting the sugar and putting the oven on to the right temperature.
0: And and they have their MVP candidate in Vlad Guerrero as well. And I, I think we we can both agree that there's no way Jose Barrios is going to be as bad as he was last season. I I really think that was a, was an anomaly for him, and I expect him
1: to. Be I mean, bad. I mean, I mean that 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 breaking ball had no. His mechanics are so off they they tried they tried so many things one start they tried him they were getting on on the black, then he was getting off the black it was it was tough
0: but yeah and i i I expect him to be back next season so i'm as a Yankee fan, I'm worried about the blue jays in the division. i think they're they're a legitimate threat to 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 push us all one sixty two and we all know that's a tough place to play. And you know they're having some renovations to the stadium as well, so it'll be a little bit more enjoyable to watch games there on TV.
1: That's a that's a stadium. That's a stadium I want to go to. That seems like an, a, a very good environment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The the air horn that they blast after every home run drives me crazy as a Yankee fan.
1: You 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 hate them. You 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 hate them. I don't hate them because
0: I don't hate them. I I just they're they're irritating. They get under your skin. They're that young team that knows they're good they know that they are going to be contending and they're confident about it. It's annoying. Yeah. But hey, respect. My first or second winner, I I think we can probably both agree on this one as well. It's the San Diego Padres. Do you have them? I did
1: not have them. No, okay. I did not have them. I, I I I honestly my my take quickly on the Padres was like, okay, you could Xander, but like Your lineup was never the issue. You always had like, you always were trying to build that had a good lineup and good pieces. It's all, it's all about who's going to start. I agree, but (laughs) this is probably the best
0: lineup in baseball next year. You know, they signed Bogarts to 11 year, $280 million deal. Uh, They also bring back Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez, two solid relievers for them last season. They bring in Matt Carpenter. They bring in Nelson Cruz. They also bring in Adam Engel as like a fourth outfielder, Seth Lugo, uh, and also, most importantly, due to their deep playoff run, Fernando Tatis Jr. will be back April 20th. He's only missing 20 games this year. So you're expecting to see Tatis for like 140 games, basically a full season of Tatis. This team is, this line. there's no weak spot on this lineup. This team, this lineup is absolutely loaded. We're going to be picking up random Padres players that like play for the team for two to three weeks a month. <laughs> because because they're gonna they're gonna put up numbers just because that lineup has so much protection. You're gonna see guys like Jake Cronenworth just have another All Star caliber season. Um, Trent Grisham, you know, I actually really like Trent Grisham as a player. By the way, um, he's, the, he's, he's a good he's defensive I agree that like the the rotation isn't great, and maybe that'll be their Achilles' heel and the reason they don't that they don't win the World Series. But they do lose Sean Maniah, who was not very good for them last year. They lose Clevenger. I think we both agree. Battled injuries, but wasn't that great. They lose rentals and Brandon Jury and Josh Bell. That's fine. Josh Bell was really bad for them. Uh, Will Myers is gone, but he was a bit of like a he dead wood guy.
1: They, they, so, so he was atrocious. They basically here, here's what I see quickly. They replace Brandon Jury for uh, for Matt Carpenter. Clevenger gets replaced for Seth Lugo, who Seth Lugo was in the market to be a fifth starter somewhere. Yes. They, they, Nelson Cruz for Will Myers. I said that one, right? And also Luke yeah.
0: Voigt. Luke Voigt's
1: gone. Oh, yeah. And now, and they still, Jerkson Profar still chilling on the market. I wouldn't be surprised if Jerkson Profar signs up out there and plays first base because Jerkson plays everywhere. They they, they 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 did some moves. They, they're, this is, they have the third highest payroll in the league
0: now at $237 million, only behind the Yankees and the Mets. They're clearly going for it. And it's interesting Machado has that opt-out and they could be in the Otani sweepstakes next off season too.
1: Well, where, where, where does San Diego get this money? That's my question.
0: Juan Soto to a $23 million arbitration deal this past week. That's a lot of money for one season, but they, they, they're they going to pay, gonna have to pay Soto or Otani. They're going to have to make a decision. I think Machado takes that opt-out, which is a genius opt-out on his part considering how well he's been playing. Um, but I this team's stacked. and. I think they're the favorites in the AL or in the NL West next year. MVP Machado this year? No, I think last year was probably his, his big resurgent year. I, I don't think uh, he's going to be an MVP candidate again. If you had to pick one guy from San Diego, I think my money would be on Soto to have a, a strong bounce back year in his first full season in San Diego.
1: I'll take Machado and, and don't count out my guy Tatis. I'm on the Tatis wagon. So I, I expect it's going to be,
0: it, that's, that's one thing that – another thing that could hurt them is that weird locker room dynamic with Tatis this year. How, does he come back to see Joe in that locker room or, or is the way he handled that suspension going to hurt that that clubhouse? And do they eventually trade him? That's, that's a huge contract to trade, but nothing's out of the the realm of possibilities right now with Tatis. So that that is hey. arguably one of the biggest, if not the biggest storyline heading into this year is what happens with Tatis.
1: And it's not getting talked about because, you know, the thing about Tatis is it's such a big contract. Nobody knows how he's going to look like post – because wrist injuries, nobody talks about it. Like, you know how in basketball and in football and soccer, we talk about knee injuries, ACLs, Achilles. Those are kind of like the big injuries. In baseball, those injuries are like your wrist injuries, your wrists and your hands. like wrist, elbow, shoulder –
0: Upper body yeah,
1: joints, I mean, yeah. We're mainly wrist and shoulder, but for batters, it's the wrist. And we've seen guys like Benintendi who had the hamate injury don't, don't come back as straight. And people who've had that injury have had difficulties. And so, especially for a guy like Tatis, who is man, he's he's a wicked w- wizard. We're just gonna have to see. And he he was. It's so interesting because he was
0: the the rising star, the the guy that MLB was pushing as, you know, their lead guy, and had a bit of a an early downfall with the PED suspension and the injury, like it, an early like valley in his career. How does he rebound from that? In I think this season is a very huge season for him, and he can easily, you know, recreate his image in in the league and with, with the clubhouse, most importantly for him directly right away this off season in spring training, come in, set the tone. I'm back. I'm, I'm, I, I admitted my wrongs. I'm ready to be a professional about this. I'm ready to be an adult about this. I'm not stepping foot on a motorcycle again, and I'm ready to come here and do whatever it takes to win games. It's simple, you know, bite the nail in the head or whatever the heck the phrase is from day one in spring training and get down and get to work. And I think he has every opportunity to do so. I'll be really curious to see how he handles it in February when he reports to camp. But I expect a lot from this Padres team this year. I really do. So I'm excited to watch them. Who's your All next right? loser?
1: Um, the Red Sox. Just yeah, I have the Red Sox as well. Yeah what are they, what are they doing? They just basically send a bunch of dudes for like trade fodder. Like I have no idea what they're doing. We have talked about the institutional mismanagement with uh devers and the trevor story injury like what are they doing they're trying to build i think a 2016 like playoff team roster with justin turner corey kluber kenley jansen like bro it's 2023 man like get a grip bro like like i have no idea what they're doing their farm stinks chain boom smells and reeks out here in (laughs) miami um I honestly don't know what to expect from this team. Like, yeah, they have a bunch of veterans, but what are they what, what are they doing? Like
0: <laughs> obviously they they salvaged the offseason a little bit by getting that Devers extension done. I we talked about them a lot last week, so I don't think we have to go into too much detail about the Red Sox, but yeah, yeah it's it's uh it's tough if you're a Red Sox fan right now. And you know, you have FSG looking to sell Liverpool this uh, you know, pretty soon here. I think that that ownership group is fully focused on getting that Las Vegas team in the NBA.
1: Yeah, they, they they're, they're trying they're to get cutting, the money.
0: Yeah, they're cutting costs elsewhere. I mean, they we do have to say they they brought in Kenley Jansen, Joely Rodriguez, Chris Martin to like improve the bullpen. So if anything, they had one of the worst bullpens in in MLB last year. Their bullpen will be better this year. That I think that's that's. Oh.
1: <laughs> what? Have you seen Kenley Jansen pitch recently? It's an upgrade from what
0: Matt Barnes. Come on, it's an upgrade for Matt Barnes. They're gonna, they're both Will be better. The Justin Turner signing makes no sense to me. I think that guy was walking out of the league. Wow. The Dodgers were happy to get rid of him. Corey Kluber, another guy, who washed like respectfully. Great, great pitcher in his day, but he's past his prime. He's he was a Cy Young guy, but not not anymore. It's twenty twenty three, and also the the Trevor Story injury is just killing them. So just ugh, ugh, it reeks in Boston right now. Um, and obviously losing Bogarts to San Diego when they had every opportunity to extend the guy and they let him fall through the cracks. It's embarrassing.
1: And you know what's you know what the funny thing is? They're going to control the trade market when we get to July. In July, we're going to be talking about where Kika Hernandez goes, where a bat like Alex Verdugo can go. it will be controlling the whole trade market, holding it's, the whole market.
0: Yeah, uh, it's funny that Verdugo was like the main piece of that Mookie Betts trade. Also, Jeter Downs, but he got DFA'd. <laughs> So really that Mookie Betts trade was a David Price and Mookie Betts salary dump for for Boston.
1: And then they got Chris Sale too. So we'll see what he looks like. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you want to go with the, your winner?
0: Yeah, since we both had that loser, I'll get my next winner. This one might surprise you. And my next two might surprise you. I kind of went off the beaten track.
1: My next winner is the Chicago Cubs. You see, I had the Cubs as a mystery. Like I don't know. my My opinion is I don't know if to put him as a loser and I don't know if to put him as a winner. So I'm kind of like, I'm gonna wait and see with them. That's and fair. I, I yeah,
0: I think this will play out th- throughout the course of the regular season. But the Dancy Swanson move was, while we talked about it, I don't like it long term for them. I do like it for them for the next two to three seasons. It'll be interesting to see how that bat plays out. But for for what it for what he is now, he's a great defensive and a great defensive piece and a great bat. Cody Bellinger reclamation project got a lot of money, but I fully expect him to be better than he was at the end of his tenure in Los Angeles. Jamison Tyone gave him definitely too much money, but he is a quality arm. He is an arm that they needed because that, 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 that starting rotation is thin. And I still think it is thin you get Eric Cosmer and Trey Mancini that happened recently this week, Eric Cosmer, a great, Veteran guy, leader in the clubhouse for a young team. They needed that. I complete. I I, I like that move. Trey Mancini, similar thing. Former All Star, coming off a, a rough, you know, second half in in Houston, but he was one of the bigger names around the trade deadline. Guy was great in Baltimore. I think he really struggled in Baltimore with that fence that got moved back. So I expect Mancini to be solid. Hosmer and Mancini at first base is, is good for them. They bring back Drew Smiley and then also sign Tucker Barnhart. Uh, and Brad Boxberger they lose Wilson Contreras Wade Miley and Jason Hayward but I think we all knew Contreras was gonna leave I thought they probably should have traded the guy at the deadline really no reason he should have played the last half of the season with them but I think the Cubs undoubtedly got better and they got their key guy they have their you know the guy that they're building around here you know last year I think they had a lot of good young players, but not like a top, top talent. And now they, you know, have that guy in Swanson. You're looking at a lineup of, you know, Nico Horner to lead off, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Eric Cosmer, Trey Mancini, Cody Bellinger, Christopher Morel, and Tucker Barnard. That's a solid starting lineup. I think that lineup is better than what Milwaukee's putting out there right now. So I think the Cubs can absolutely – you know, contend in the NL central. It's not a very good division. You know, you have the pirates and the reds, two teams that quite frankly stink and aren't trying to win games. And then you have the brewers who we talk about year after year, no lineup, great rotation, but how much can that rotation carry you? So I think this team can contend in the central. I really do. And again, it'll be fun to go watch some games.
1: The one thing I want to say about them is I think you hit the nail on the head the other week where you said that they're building up the middle. And, like, they're a bunch of low-risk moves if you think about it. Like, Cody's only on a one-year deal. Like, the only really, like, big investments that they have is Tyone and Swanson. And, I, I mean, Tyone, how old is he? I want to say he's late 20s, early 30s.
0: Tyone's 31.
1: Yeah, I would, that's what I said, early, early 30s. But, I mean, you could move that contract. Say, like, this year doesn't go to plan. I mean, you immediately can trade in Hap and restore your farm system. You can trade um, Bellinger for a rental as well as he, if he can show some signs of life. And then Marcus, Marcus Stroman also. And you build up the middle with Nico and um, Sia. Uh, well, you can trade Suzuki. I mean, I don't think he'd be a, a guy. Like, they have a lot of ways to go. So I kind of think, like, there'll be a team to watch at the fr- front heart to see. Like, if they perform well, we can see them dipping in the market and buying cautiously. If things don't go to plan, they can just—it's easy—blow it up and then boom, they—they they instantly they're reloaded and they can start building for the future. Yep, it won't be a hundred years.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, this team's not going to win a World Series or anything, but I can see the foundational pieces being built. I agree. It won't be another hundred eight years for sure. So
1: that's what I'm saying. It, it's uh, like we were like very mad at like we we're like what's the vision? What's the vision? But I see they're building up the middle, and if this doesn't go well, boom. There's easy ways to like okay hit the emergency button and eject. Yep. It's not like they have a bunch of seatbelts on and they can't leave. They were your winners, right? That was a winner for you, right? Do you want me to give you a winner? Because I still have two winners on my list. Yeah, give me a winner. I talked about them last week on the pod, the twins. I really do enjoy what yeah. they've done. I um, knew you'd have
0: them, so I didn't put them on there.
1: Like I, I liked what they did. I mean, they'll be a fun team to watch. Talked about them like Correa, Gallo. Gallo's gonna see a real benefit from this shift, and I just feel like they, they a full year of them together is gonna be like of Mally, Sonny Gray, Correa, Joey Gallo, Buxton, and Luis Arias. They'll be they'll be decent. They'll they'll ease some of that Minnesota Vikings uh, playoff roster
0: <laughs> again. That division stinks. So they they have a chance to contend. They've been rumored with Pablo Lopez. That would be a that would be a, an outstanding trade for them. The, now the rumor is that the Marlins want Luis Ares and Max Kepler, and the Twins don't want to trade Arayas. Which fair?
1: Especially. I wouldn't
0: want to trade him either. I'd I'd trade Kepler and maybe like a Royce Lewis for him because they need an arm.
1: Now, I think they have a really good prospect. Royce Lewis, and, bro. But, no, not no. Nobody wants uh, Royce Lewis.
0: He's coming off a. He just came off. Video.
1: Yeah. Um. They have a uh, what's his name? Frick, Frick, Frick. I can't pronounce his name, but I know he's in the system, and I know I wanted him really bad in the in the race in the in the what call it system?
0: Oh, Rooks uh, Lee, the guy they picked last year.
1: Emmanuel
0: they could, Le- but no. I was oh, thinking about a different Connor, pitcher. Connor Prilep? Pr-
1: no, 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 no. I just looked him up. He's in the he's in the Cardinal system. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I thought he was. In, I thought he was. But I, I, I Jordan I
0: Graf- Graceffo?
1: No, but it, it doesn't matter. What I mean, uh, they will be a fun team. Division stakes. I think they could do a lot of damage with the Tigers, the Royals, even the White Sox. Like the White Sox need major bounce back use from essentially every single player on their team.
0: Yep. That's, and, unfortunately,
1: that's, and unfortunately they have already started on the bad note and um, uh, thoughts and prayers to Liam Hendricks, who has been diagnosed yes. with cancer.
0: Yeah, that sucks for him. We're obviously sending our thoughts, hope that he can bounce back and, you know, beat that and uh, eventually get back on the ball field. Um, he's a key piece for them. Perennial all star, one of the best relievers in the game. So, I uh, definitely want to see him back and fully healthy for the, you know, as soon as possible. So, uh, my next loser, the LA Dodgers. You might disagree with this one. I disagree but, with this one. But my main thing is you replace Trey Turner with Miguel Rojas. You add Noah Syndergaard and JD Martinez to win your deals. That's fine. Reclamation projects, whatever. You lose Cody Bellinger, that's fine, but you lose Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney, two key lefty arms in that rotation. You lose Joey Gallo and Justin Turner, that's fine, but you don't get any of the big-name guys. I don't know if they were really in on any of the big-name guys, and maybe that's telling it in and of itself, but this is definitely a play of the kids' year for them. They're going to Play a lot of their top prospects. They had a really good farm system. Now that they've graduated a lot of guys that are going to have. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They still have have a lot of guys coming up. I know. So you have a Diego Cartaya, a Bobby Miller, a Miguel Vargas, a Michael Bush, even a Ryan Pepio that went to Butler. Shout out to him. They have a lot of young guys that are going to have to step up and fill the void this year. And it's a bit of a stopgap year when they're going to make. A huge, huge, huge run at Shohei Ohtani next offseason. That is going to be quite the sweepstakes. Do we see Ohtani go cross town from the Angels to the Dodgers? Remains to be seen. That's still a year away. Heading into this year, I feel like the Dodgers got worse. And I feel like the Padres, like I said earlier, are the favorites in that division. I don't expect the Dodgers to really contend for a World Series this year. And that just doesn't feel right. It feels like one of those teams like the Yankees that should contend for a World Series every single year. I am very excited to watch their young talent develop, though, because they have all these top prospects. They have one of the best farms in baseball, and, oh, and no. like I said, they graduated a lot of guys, and they still have a lot of top talent in that farm. They'll be a lot of fun to watch, and it's a bit of a change of pace in, in, in L.A., because we've had you know the Justin Turners and the Cody Bellingers be pinnacles of that or, or cornerstones of that team for so long. That changes now. This is the first season of we're trying these young guys out. How does it work? We'll see. My point is they didn't have a good offseason um, because I don't expect them to really, really contend for a championship next year. And, you know, for a team that was coming off, you know, a record, I think they set the franchise record for wins last year. They got significantly worse this offseason, in my opinion.
1: And, and you see, this is where I come to disagree. I kind of feel like if they ran it back, it would have been one year too too much. And that happens a lot in sports, where you can run it back one year too much, and you hurt yourself in the future. Because then these young guys can't come up, they can't develop, and they can't get on with their careers. And then you you backlog yourself a couple of years because you've committed yourself to these guys. And now I think, I think this is all a plan. I think they're trying to get these young guys to develop this year and put in a solid foundation, so like Otani can see, oh, we have a blend of star. And up and coming talent. Mm -hmm. So, like, okay, you have your Freddie Freeman, you have your Walker Bueller, you have your Clayton Kershaw, your Julio Urias, and then Mookie Betts. But then you have guys like Gail Cartaya and Will Smith in the backstop. You have um, like Bobby Miller. Like, I think it's a really good play. And I I don't get mad. And these reclamation projects, you know, if there's a team that can do it, it's the Yankees or the Dodgers or those big market teams that have good, like, scouting departments that they can fix a player. And if they do fix them, they'll be right in contention. And they'll show, like, look, we can build a proper, stable franchise. We can get a good blend of young players, like Gavin Lux, Michael Bush, Gail Cartaya, Andy Pages, Bobby Miller, and then have the star power to then, boom, build a good team. And that's how you stay relevant. And become a solid franchise for decades.
0: Yep, I mean. to, that is a great point. That is a that is a totally great point. I think if they ran it back another year with like a Turner and a Bellinger, it would have it would have felt one year too long. It almost felt like last year was one year too long. So they're absolutely doing the right thing in playing these young players next year. It's just I don't think they're going to really contend. It's almost like a stopgap year for them. That's that's the only reason I have them as a loser.
1: Yeah. Um. Did I say my last loser? Or? How many more oh, do you no. have? I have one. one
0: winner and one loser left.
1: I have one, one, and one left. Okay, and so and, and, like. and uh, honorable mention. So, loser, uh, Atlanta Braves. I'll make this quick. Ooh, that's a good um, one. I do not like their offseason. Yes, they got Joe. I I understand why letting Kenley walk, but they've completely gutted the farm by all their moves by getting Sean Murphy who is kind of like, okay, you already have Travis Darno and Wilson Contreras, why do you need another catcher, A. Then left field is still an issue for them. I think left field is a big issue for a lot of teams, but, you know, they still have Marcel Azuna out there and they have no they have Eddie Rosario, big gap out there on the left. You let Dansby walk and you're expecting a guy, a rookie, and, and yeah, he's still a rookie, and Vaughn Grisham to take over. Yes, he played well. But like the sample size is small. Can he do it for 162?
0: And those are big shoes to fill.
1: Those are big shoes to fill. And I don't enjoy that move. Like they should have gotten like Miguel Rojas from the Marlins would have been great. A little stopgap would have taught him. You know, we know that Miguel Rojas is a good locker room guy here in Miami, been regarded as leader out here. Boom, put him there in Atlanta, teach Warren Grisham, and boom. He walks, you trade him, and boom. Yep. I, I, I just don't understand it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Weird, weird year for them. Now they they still have a great collection of young talent on really team friendly deals that we keep saying. So I expect them to be right there with the Mets in that division. Yeah. Uh agreed. my well, I'll do my last loser quick one, but just in general, the small market teams, again, we talked about it earlier on the pod. We led the pod with it, actually. Like Tampa, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Oakland didn't really do much when they had the money to do so. Just no excuse, really. And again, it sucks for the fans of these small market teams. So yeah, that's not much else to it, but just disappointing to see for, for all those fans out there that you know, spend the harder money to watch these teams that don't really try. So, you know, we're, we're starting to see, especially like in Oakland fans kind of retaliate and just say straight up, we're not going to go watch the team play. Um, And I hope that doesn't result in the team moving cities um, for some of these teams, but for, for a lot of them, that's part of the, part of, you know, the reality is Oakland might be moving uh, here to Las Vegas pretty soon. So, um, we'll okay. see, but small market teams losers. M- more, more, more so small market owners losers. You have billions mm-hmm. and billions of dollars; you can afford these players. Yeah, sad.
1: Not much to add to that. Um,
0: let's in, let's end on a high note, though. Last couple winners here.
1: Uh, honorable mention: Angels. I enjoy yep. that they're yep. getting more beers Been s- since saying it. And my last winner: Texas Rangers. They got the biggest fish. They have a they have rotation now. They've built a proper rotation. So, you know, they're gonna be competitive. You get the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, when healthy. So it's kind of like when bat. healthy,
0: it's not a debate. Yeah.
1: It's not a debate. Like you 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 gotta give them props for building a rotation. Now it's about, you know, having those young guys develop and having those bats to supply the Grom and the guys they picked up. So I mean, hats off. They'll be, they'll be a good team. They made the West interesting.
0: Yeah, they, they made the West somewhat interesting. I, I I still expect Houston to win the division, but Texas will maybe be in there for a wild-card spot. I think this team could actually make the to absolutely make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If DeGrom stays healthy. Uh they got Jum, rookie of the year candidate. So it'll be exciting to watch mm-hmm. him at least. Reason to tune into Rangers games for sure now. My last winner, bit of a surprise off the beaten path for sure. It's the Arizona Diamondbacks. I really like what this team did. Obviously, they had that big trade with Toronto to start out the offseason. getting Gabriel Moreno, a top 10 prospect, a big league ready catcher. He played 30-something games in, in, in the big leagues last year. They also got uh, Gurriel Jr. from Toronto in that deal. I like him um, at, at first base for them. But the the main reason that they're they're a winner for me is their farm system is absolutely stacked. They have Corbin Carroll. They have a top two farm system, Corbin Carroll, MLB ready. He'll be out there this year. Uh, Obviously Alec Thomas who played all of last year, but he's still super young. He's like 21 years old, top prospect for them. Drew Jones. They just drafted last year. We're not going to see him for a while, but he's, he's going to be a stud. Jordan Lawler, Brandon Pafad, Blake Watson. This team is all of a sudden. They have an extremely bright future. And it's all because they've been so bad for so long that they've continually had top draft top draft picks. Um, they also bring in, and I, I actually hated on the move a little bit uh, earlier on, on a pod this year, but Evan Longoria, you made the good point. Very good veteran piece. A guy that's won, um, been in the league for quite a long time. It's going to be a vocal leader in that clubhouse. This is exactly what that team needed. Um, very young team. So, uh, you know, great move for them. They lose Dalton Varsho, but I think that's fine. He He's a low average, a lot of home run guy, very versatile, which I think we both like him. But I think if I were to pick one guy on that roster to part with, it would be him. Just don't think he fits their timeline. And then also a sneaky move. They bring in Kyle Lewis, a trade that happened in November with with the Mariners, um, now he hasn't been very good throughout his time in the big leagues, but he was the 13th overall pick in 2016. Um, has every chance to bounce back. He, you know, was a top prospect for a reason. So it didn't work out in Seattle for him, but change the scenery. Who knows? He could pop, uh, worth the flyer. Uh, they only got rid of Cooper Hummel for him. So, um, I don't know. I I like what the Diamondbacks are doing and they're, they're a sneaky, they're like a league pass team. They could, if there were, if there were a, like a wild card sleeper team to pick this year in the NL for me, it'd be the Diamondbacks. I like what they did.
1: They're the OKC Thunder, Lily. Really. You 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 want to watch some games? Yeah,
0: OKC. They're way
1: too late, but they'll be they'll be there soon. Yes,
0: I love what I'm seeing from OKC. Side note, uh,
1: I, I like their farm is so nice. Probably probably the best, one of the best top five farm in baseball.
0: Top two, top two, I think. Yeah,
1: Corbin Carroll this year. Corbin Carroll this year, yeah. Him and uh, Alec Thomas, league pass, league pass. <laughs>
0: absolutely no i i absolutely think so i think i would give the slight edge probably to like Baltimore uh farm system wise just because they have gunner uh and and grayson two top four guys DL.
1: and they got dl too
0: dl hall um and then they just picked jackson holiday who's he he's gonna be a minute before he gets there but uh yeah. I, I like that that farm system slightly better than than arizona right now but yeah, that that they're fun. The league pass team this year. Uh before uh, we get out
1: what'd you say? Extra innings, baby. Before we get it's out, just- let's just
0: recap some recent news and notes around the league. Quick fire. Andrew McCutcheon to the Pirates, one year five million, uh, returns to the the team that he started his career with, won an MVP there. They were he was linked with the Mets as a fourth outfielder, didn't go through and the Pirates got him. So who knows, he could be trade deadline fodder or he could spend the whole year there with them. But overall, I think the the sentiment with this move was it's cool to see McCutcheon back in his home, back in Pittsburgh. Uh, he posted a cool s- picture to his Twitter, uh, him with his son and you know looking in front of all basically the accolades that he accomplished in Pittsburgh. One of the more underrated players of this generation. So I'm excited to see him back in you know his hometown.
1: Pirates has got a little team, as I was saying. They're going to be fun. They got Carlos Santana. They got a little team. They got Brian Reynolds. They're going to be a, a, a little team to watch. I mean – Key Brian Hayes. I don't I don't know. Know Key Brian Hayes. They got – I like them. Uh, I can't wait to see. They're going to be a good team to watch. Oh,
0: they also obviously have O'Neill Cruz, who's one of the most fun players to That's watch. That's right. That's
1: right. look up. They're going to be a little – Fun team, of what they oh, probably they're probably what they picked up G Man Choi, bro. G Man, so That's you're looking dumb. at a top
0: four of O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, G Man Choi, and Carlos Santana.
1: So and here's G-Man. their I found their projected, I found their, their uh projected starting lineup O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Key Brian, G Man, McCutcheon, Carlos Santana, Rodolfo Castillo. You know who he is, Mr. iPhone. He slid into a base in his that's iPhone, right. and came out of his mother. that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Jack Sawinski and Austin Hedges, decent catcher,
0: yeah, they'll be fine. They'll they're, they're not gonna, they have no pitching, so
1: yeah. Next note, I wanted to ask, add, um, all triple A ballparks are going to be using robot umpires in
0: 2023. I. I I really now all of a sudden want to go to a AAA game and see how that works in person. I do too.
1: So might maybe this will increase
0: ticket sales in AAA. Damn,
1: Hey, you might have to go to freaking swing training and see those, those games to see, but we'll absolutely.
0: See. I mean, we're my main thing there is we're going to see robot ops in 2024. We're already seeing the pitch clock this year. We'll see robot ops. Uh, I, Fortunately, unfortunately, whatever side of the fence you sit on that debate, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And this is just AAA because AAA is, you know, it's right there. They usually don't try things like that drastic in AAA. That's basically big league ball. Well, not basically big league ball. That's as close as you get to big league ball without being big league ball. So uh, it, it's close. It's happening whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, that's very close. Next note. Um, um we'll go, go a little quicker. Trey Mancini, two years with an opt-out in 2023. Tune, Eric Cosmer.
0: We already talked a, about that in my thing. Yeah.
1: Uh Chris Paddock extended in Minnesota. Underway his second TJ. Pitched really well in San Diego. Three year extension for 12 mil. Risky, yeah, but I mean they know his body paws, so I think they'll be all right with it. Yeah, it's so
0: it could screw them $12 million for what could be a triple A pitcher if he doesn't come off his second Tommy John well. But like you said, they know his body. The Twins are taking a lot of risk on, you know, potential injury guys uh, in Correa, Buxton, and Paddock. Um, but I guess when you're a team like that, you kind of have to. So uh, don't necessarily mind this. I don't think we're really going to see him much this year anyway. Um, so it's more of a 2024 signing, but this team needs arms and he, he, he was once one one of the more bright young pitchers in the entire league. Unfortunately, he he kind of fell off from that, but uh, maybe he can you know regain that form in Minnesota at the end of this year or in twenty twenty four. So we'll see what happens. Uh, don't mind it, but it, it is risky for what for what it's worth.
1: Shout out to ownership out there for actually making a, an effort to win.
0: Yeah, exactly. At least they're trying. That's all you can ask. That's all you can ask.
1: Uh, next move, Max Freed. Had the arbitration, filed at 15 for Freed's side. Braves are at 13 and a half. Freed will be a free agent in 2024. It will be interesting if Atlanta's accountant can cook the books for Freed.
0: It's, it, it feels like Max Freed wants the bag.
1: Did you see, see that, that
0: video? Did you see that video of oh, – I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Matt Olson talking on a podcast. He was saying – the reason that so many of these team friendly deals are signed or like these guys signed such team friendly deals with Atlanta is because that the team really takes care of them. Like their state of the art, the, the locker room, all their, like the day to day, they make life very easy for the players. They're treated extremely well. I I don't know if you saw that, but if you look up Matt Olson on, on Twitter, I'm sure the video will pop up. Interesting. I can't like exactly delve into everything that he said, but he had some good interesting points.
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to agree with that because dudes are signing without playing a single ball game for them, these contracts. Matt Olsen. Uh, yeah. I guess when you come up with a very crappy run organization like Oakland, no disrespect to Oakland, uh, I think going to Atlanta is like literally going from, from, from the, um, it's literally going from Red roof in all the way to Ritz Carlton, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, that is true. That is true. That's a good point. I think
1: it's. I think. I think. Given the guys, McDonald's fresh and ready tastes good
0: out there. <laughs> I, I on Freed, I think it's interesting because it feels like he's the first guy that is really going to ask for the bag, like the full money that he's actually worth. And I don't know if the Braves are going to pay it. Pay the man. He could be one hell of a trade piece for him, for them, though.
1: Very and he's a lefty as well. Yeah, so uh next move that we see happening is uh Frankie Montas is out for at least a month with injury. I mean it's not a big it is a big deal because yeah, but he always gets hurt, and the Yankees have you know death with Clark Schmidt and Domingo Hernan to fill the fifth slot. It's the fifth slot, guys. People are throwing a fit, but it's the fifth starting spot, it's not like Carlos Rodon's getting shut down for two months. You know, it's the fifth starter.
0: Yeah, it's just concerning that it's that same shoulder inflammation that he's battled like most of his career. And he was like an all-star caliber pitcher when we, you know, kind of traded for him at the deadline. You you would like to see him replicate that, even if he's the fifth guy Uh, for Oakland. I know he's for Oakland. Whatever, man. He was he was great. He finished like third in Cy Young voting one year. Like the guy's a really good pitcher. So. I I hope he can get healthy and get in that rotation and get, you know, 20 something starts this year for us. Um, But it's not the way you want to start the season. That's for sure on the IL. So yeah, Schmidt and Herman are solid. It's a great opportunity for Schmidt for, you know, a guy that has been pushed to the bullpen as a a long reliever, but really is a starting pitcher when we drafted him and when he came up through the minors. So I hope he takes it, uh, takes the bull by the horn, bulls, bull, whatever, by the horn and uh, does well. Yeah.
1: Uh, next move, Cardinals and Marlins had initial discussions on Pablo Lopez. Cardinals need to, like, get a top, need a top arm. I don't think this is the move for them. I don't think Pablo Lopez, he's good, but he's not a needle mover. They mm. need to go get a a legit number one piece. Well,
0: they could opinion.
1: have done that in free agency and they didn't. They're probably going to go get Sean Bieber, Shane Bieber at this at this rate. That would be a great move for them. But I think- Or Trevor Bauer. But I don't think Trevor Bauer will be accepted by that fan base. No. Too many fans. Marlins have interest in Aroldis Chapman and Yuli Gurriel. I think the Marlins are just trying to build a Hispanic 40 and over team right now. <laughs> I mean, older right
0: Chapman was in Miami when he was expected to be at Yankees practice, and that was the reason he missed the postseason roster. So clearly, the guy loves Miami. So might as well, might as well sign there. Uh, I mean, he battled like no,
1: no standing. Chapman
0: he battled injuries, and maybe he can revitalize his career as a mid reliever in Miami. <laughs> I don't see him as a high leverage closer, but he can in Miami. He he would definitely be. Um, given an opportunity without any pressure, you know, sort of of pressure in New York to to rebound and revitalize career. That's all I'll say.
1: You probably be closing twice a week, to be honest, yeah. at best. So I mean, just get ready for the deadline, but buddy, yeah. Um, Padres signed a 16 year old catcher, 5.6 million, because we forgot one of the big dates this week. Last week it was International Signing Day for you know, for prospects Padres got a five a catcher 16-year-old catcher for 5.6 million National signed Juan Soto's brother younger brother of Ethan Salas the guy who signed for the Padres for 5.6 million is the Marlins number 5 prospects yep Soto's brother Elon, is 17 years old a left-handed hitter and Vlad Guerrero's son Pablo Guerrero signed to Texas
0: yes those were the main highlights of international signing period the I don't really have many takes except if I was a writer, I would have titled my article Washington signs Soto. And then you actually have to click the article and realize that it was not Juan Soto it was the 17 year old brother. Hey, who knows? Maybe he uh, pops off. This is very similar to the Antetokounmpo brothers getting signed uh, in the NBA. Uh, they're taking a chance. Who knows? Maybe he can, he can hit and he'll end up being good. But Pablo Guerrero, yeah. same thing in Texas. Who knows? I mean, Vlad and Vlad Jr. both very good, obviously, and maybe he can replicate that as well.
1: Final note, I just wrote MLB expansion is heating up. The Athletic yeah. is dropping a, a, a series where they are talking about potential expansion city candidates. They started out with Nashville on Monday. Today they talked about Portland. I wonder if they're going to do one with Vegas and Charlotte. It will be interesting to see what comes out of it. Uh, the Athletic is a big player in baseball media, so if they're writing about it, they must know something. That's, something's coming.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see expansion in MLB and NBA. I think Nashville yeah. makes a lot of sense for the league. I also think Portland is a very good baseball city. I actually went to a game at their AAA stadium. Oh, I was probably like 15 years ago now, but good city. Uh, I don't know if we need another team in the Pacific Northwest, though. I feel like the the Mariners are – Uh, kind of that team up there. I think Nashville makes a ton of sense because we don't really have a team in like the middle of the South. You have Atlanta, you have St. Louis, but in the middle there, and Nashville is one of the biggest growing cities in the entire country. They would, they would be a hit in that city. Uh, It would make a ton of sense for the region, for the league, for the city itself. It's, 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 it's in, you're in the, you're in the center of, you know, the, your baseball viewing base. Like, the South loves baseball. Nashville would just make a ton of sense, in my
1: opinion. I'd like to see Charlotte. Charlotte has really good ticket sales with their A team. They're affiliated with uh, the White Sox, and they have a really nice park. i have actually been able to walk outside of it, and it's a very nice facility.
0: It is. Agreed. Charlotte would be good, too. I'll be curious. I, I the,
1: the only thing about Charlotte I would say is that it would compete a lot with Braves country. That's the only thing.
0: Yep. And, like, for example, Nashville – Memphis is three hours away from Nashville. If you're from Memphis, you're either a Cardinals fan or a Braves fan, unless you grew up elsewhere. And because we're kind of in the middle, if you get a Nashville team, I feel like a lot of us would start rooting for now. Although there is that Memphis Nashville. Team, oh, no, no,
1: no, no, no. We are. Ne- I would never, ever root for the Stars.
0: I personally wouldn't either. I wouldn't because obviously I'm a Yankee fan. But
1: yeah, I think. But, but if you, but if no affiliation, I would rather, I would rather root. For the Marlins and then for the Stars.
0: Okay, whatever. The point is, people in that mid zone between St. Louis and Atlanta maybe are more inclined to root for the National team.
1: It is what it is. But hey, that's a wrap on the podcast today. How do you feel? What do you What do we got coming up in the docket? Uh, prospect overview. Or... I think
0: it's yeah. I think it's time to start ramping up and previewing in the season. We can do some prospect videos or podcast. We can do some regression guys some most improved guys some you know under the radar teams etc some i don't know we can figure it out moving forward but we are going to continue to try to bring you weekly content because we're getting closer and closer and um i don't know i I got that baseball bug i'm ready for it. it's the middle of the winter i'm ready for some warm weather i'm ready ready. for some baseball obviously we'll be doing wbc preview and content throughout that so stay tuned for that um and we, we'll also, you know, be covering spring training invites as that happens as well. Top prospects that get invited, top prospects that don't get invited, uh, and, and eventually we'll get into our our mega division previews and stuff throughout spring training. So, lots coming, for lots for WBC, coming.
1: Tickets for WBC are getting purchased soon. I've already talked to my barber. My barber, me and my barber were talking on the seat about it. He's Dominican. He's <laughs> hype. We were talking shit. Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico game, man. Tickets of $200 your ass I'm paying those $200. I'm going to be in there.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm hyped. Uh, I'm obviously, like I keep saying, going out to Miami. So I'm going to be purchasing my flight tickets and our game tickets pretty soon. We haven't decided what game, but uh, it's it's definitely happening. It's in the works and we'll be bringing some content around that as well. So stay tuned, everybody. Uh, but that's a wrap for this one. Luis, thanks for coming on. As always, you got anything to, to mention before we get out or are you good?
1: Uh, podcast next week you know keep we're gonna keep them coming hot and heavy um we are less than a month away from pitcher, pitchers and catcher report on valentine's day so
0: Boom. i feel bad
1: if uh, i don't know how your love life is going but i know mine is quite dry i know <laughs> i will be punting on valentine's day about pitchers and catchers reporting
0: hey i mean we don't have to go into detail but it's not bad right now like it's actually pretty good like i've been enjoying uh the social scene here in Chicago. Um, but definitely we'll be ready to bring you guys content uh, around that Valentine's day date. I don't know about that date itself. We'll see.
1: Oh my God. Hey, hey spoil you just spoiled the whole shit for you, man. No,
0: no, 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 no. We'll keep that under wraps. Um, but uh, thank you all for <laughs> to this episode. We will catch you all next week. Peace out.